Welcome to the Revo Podcast. Revo Church is one church in multiple locations with a vision to spark a revolution of life change through Jesus. We hope to accomplish this through our core values of love big, serve hard, live bold, grow deep, and move forward. For more information on our service times and locations, please visit our website at discoverrevo.com. Yo, what's up, friends in the room? Almost had a catastrophe right there. We're going to do an acoustic set at the last of the service there. Hit that guitar. Whoever's guitar that is, I'm sorry. Uh, Forgive me. Um, Listen, my name's Nathan. I'm one of the pastors here. Thanks for hanging out. See some faces I hadn't seen in a while. Or maybe this is your first time in the room with us. Uh, Man, we're glad you're here. And for the online campus, this time of year, we call it the flu campus. Uh, If you're at home sick right now, we salute you. Thanks for, uh, thanks for tuning in. I got a text from a friend of mine, Mary. She's like, I'm not there, but I'm there. I'm watching online. And so uh, for everybody that's sick, get well before Christmas. We want to see you here Saturday for our Christmas Eve service. Listen, if you're a parent in the room, before we get started, uh, I need to tell you something about these red gift bags. You heard Candace talk about, like, there's a, there's a party in a bag right here. There's cake, there's frosting, icing, everything to make a Jesus party good. But if you're a parent uh, and you're like me, you're hitting the panic button right now because uh, your kids are out of school and they got out on Friday and it's Sunday and you are already fresh out of ideas to keep these peasants entertained while they're at home. And so if you pick up one of these red bags, there's a sheet in here that our team has uh, come up with to help you. It's 25 different family fun activities that you can do. Uh, So pace yourself. They're going to be out for two weeks. Um, so that's, that's a couple of different activities that you can do. Uh, keep them entertained, keep them engaged. So if that's you, you definitely want to pick up one of these bags on your way out. Um, if, if you are hosting Christmas at your house this year, pick up one of these bags. Uh, make it a tradition about Jesus and happy birthday, Jesus. This is a good way if you're a grandparent or a parent or, or just a host for Christmas, it's a good way for you to, to like put some focus on what, what really matters over the season. Uh, next up, just a reminder, uh, we are in the book of Luke, 24 straight weeks in the book of Luke. The book of Luke has 24 chapters in it. So here's what we're challenging everybody to do across all three campuses and online. Um, we're, we're asking people, let's read through the book of Luke together. And so you got one chapter for every week of the series. This is only the third week. So starting this week, we'll be reading chapter three. So if this is the first you're hearing about it, no worries. All you got to do is read a couple of chapters and, and you will be caught up. And uh, we got notebooks for everybody with the, the Luke series logo on it. We got a few of these left at the uh, entrances and exits to the auditorium. So if you don't have one of these, here's what I wanted you to do. Grab one and over this 24 weeks, take some notes, uh, write down some things that you're asking God for, praying about it. Bring this with you on Sunday. And uh, hopefully at the end of the 24 weeks, uh, you'll have a resource that'll, that'll help you through the whole book of Luke. It'll be like a Bible study for you. You can look back on it and see what God has taught you. So a little swag we want to put in your hands uh, if, if you don't already have it. Um, so be sure to take advantage of, of that. I want to make a, a confession real quick. I know it won't leave this room. I know you guys won't judge me for it. You won't look at me any differently but I want to ask you a question. I've been guilty of this. Um, have you ever had to, to fake a positive response to a gift that you were given that you didn't want? Yeah. Yeah, I've had to do that. Um, it, the painful part about it is, is when you receive a gift from someone 
that is obviously very excited to give you this gift. I mean, they are telling you the whole story even before you open it up. They're like, oh, I've been, I, I bought this months ago. And as soon as I saw it, I thought of you and you're gonna love this and it's awesome. Here's the problem though. The problem happens when the person that gives you this present knows you and they have a copy of your Christmas list that you already gave them. But yet the item that they are giving you is not on your Christmas list. And they, I don't know if they just think they're different or special or what, but they're just like, now I know this wasn't on your list, but I saw it and I know that you would like it. It, it just screamed you. And obviously they have no idea who you are because you open this up and you're like, what part of this says me? Like, you don't even know me. If you thought that I was gonna, I was gonna like that. And, and then on top of that, they see you open it up and, and then they have just the, the guts to look at you and say, so do you like it? And they force you to lie on Jesus's birthday straight to their face uh, when, they, when they say that. Because of course we look at it and we're like, yes, I, I love this is, this is perfect. What I wanna say is uh, I gave you a list and the list had a list of things on it that I liked. And if this wasn't on the list, it's because I don't like this. Like, it's simple. Like, that's just the simple explanation for it. So if you, like, what, no, I don't like it. It wasn't on the list. Only things on the list are what I like. But I don't say that. What do we do? We look at them and we're like, it's perfect, right? Uh, I love this. And some of you are, are judging me and you're saying, well, it's the thought that counts, right? It doesn't matter what the gift is. It's the thought that counts. I agree 100%. The problem is now that you've given me this gift, I'm having plenty of negative thoughts about you right now because I didn't want it. And it wasn't on the list. Just buy what's on the list. It's a little, little pet peeve of mine. But I've, I've been there. Here's the worst part. I did this one time with a, a friend of mine. It's been about 10 years ago. And, and he gave me this gift that he was so excited about giving me. And of course, I tried to receive it with grace. I was like, this is perfect. I love this. I'm going to use it all the time. You're a great gift giver. You know, just whatever. Went home and threw it away. Here's what happened. Here's the danger of giving a, a positive response in a negative situation. The very next year, he comes up to me and for the next four Christmases, he gives me the exact same gift. And his response was, when I gave this to you the first time, you were so happy to get it, I knew that I would just have to keep on giving it to you every year. And so for five straight years, I was having to lie to this guy on Christmas that I appreciated this Christmas gift. So just moral of the story, just stick to what's on the list, okay? Let's go, let me go to the Bible. This, there's a point to this. When God sent Jesus to the world, it was a gift to humanity. And in the early Christmas story, we see there are some people that really enjoyed the gift and responded positively to the gift. But then there were also some people that when they were given this gift by God, they had a very different response. And so I wanna look at six different characters in the Christmas story. Six different people were given a gift by God. They found out about the birth of Jesus. They were given an invitation to the party. We're like, Jesus has been born. Here's your invitation to the party. We want you to be there, please RSVP. And these six different people responded in six very different ways. I think some of them are, are good responses. Some of them are bad. Some of them, if, if you're new here and you're not on team Jesus, it'd be a great first 
honest response for you today. If you're a follower of Jesus, been Christian for a while now, then I'm going to give you some other responses that we see some, from some people in the story. But ultimately, this time of year demands a response. Like something happens, a gift has been given. And so what are we going to do in, in response to that gift? That's what I want to talk about today. So out of Luke chapter two, I want to pick up where we left off last week. Luke chapter two, verse 15 says this. When, when the angels went away from them into heaven, when the angels left the shepherds, the shepherds said to one another, let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child. He says, when they saw Jesus and Mary and Joseph and the whole scene after the angels had told them, that last verse says, they made known, they told everyone that they could see what they had seen. Here's the first response from the shepherds. We talked about it last week. The shepherds, when they were given this gift of Jesus, when they were invited to the party and the celebration of the birth of Jesus, number one is this, the shepherds invited. If you have your notes, jot that down, or, or if you want to pull up the app, their response was the shepherds began to invite people. In fact, everyone that they saw, they told like they couldn't help it. They saw Jesus, they saw this baby and, and every person they passed, the, the Bible says that when they left the, the manger scene, every person they passed, they begin to tell, you're not gonna believe this. Hey, there's a birthday party going down here, okay? You need to go down this road, take a left. It's the barn on the right. There's this gal named Mary. Obviously she's been on Pinterest because they have a barn themed birthday party for this kid. They have a petting zoo there. There are animals everywhere. They have shepherds there. They have uh, the... The, the Mary and the Joseph and the baby. The baby is laying in a manger. This girl went all in with the theme, okay? He's laying in a manger. I'm not talking about fake hay that you buy at Hobby Lobby. I'm talking about real hay she has out there at this birthday party. It is wild. You have to check this out. Every person that they met, they talked to. The shepherds are a great example of, of someone being invited, having an RSVP with a plus one. Ever been invited to a party where maybe you're single and uh, they say, we want to invite you and then like a plus one, like if you, if you have a friend or somebody that you want to be your friend or a friend that you want to be more than a friend, like you can invite them and this is your plus. So write in your plus one. That was the shepherds. They got an invitation to celebrate Jesus's birth and they took advantage of the plus one. They, they took advantage of it. They said, I'm going to sign up and, and every other person I'm going to invite, every other person I'm going to say, hey, I got invited to a party. You should come to the party. I got invited to something. I know about something. Now I want you to know about something. I want to invite you into the process. And that's what the, the shepherds did. That's an invitation for you as well. Man, did you know that, that people in, in the world today that are not involved in a church the number one time of year where they would accept an invitation from someone inviting them to church is Christmas. We got a, a Christmas Eve service here on Saturday night. There are neighbors and friends and coworkers of yours that if you invited them like the shepherds, they would show up. People that may have said no in the past. Like I got some friends that I've invited before and they're like, hey, I got to work on Sundays or Sunday is like an off day for me. It's my, it's my day off. So I don't, like, I don't, I want to sleep in. And so I'm following up with them. I'm like, hey, guess what? Saturday night, baby, let's go. Sleep in all you want to on Sunday. We got a service on Saturday night. You ought to come crash the party. We're talking about Jesus. It's all about Christmas. And people will be more open to that invitation. What would it look like for you to take advantage of your plus one this Christmas? 
to say, hey, I know about something. I've been invited to it. I've experienced it. I know what happened on the first Christmas. And so let me invite you in to be a part of it. That's what the shepherds did on that first one. That the, the one that God sent to save the earth is here and you can have a relationship with him. And the shepherds were, were just real open about that. And, and in verse 18, it, it actually tells us what would happen if we shared that with people. What would their response be? In verse 18, it says, and, and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. Every person that they asked, the Bible says, they would hear what the shepherds had to say and they, they wondered. In some of your translations, it may say they were onlookers. They were people on the outside that all of a sudden see these shepherds walking down the road, pointing people to a birthday party that's just happening in, in a barn down the street and they start to scratch their head. They're wondering. They're thinking about all the words that, that are coming out of these shepherds' mouths. Hey, there's a, there's a baby that's been born and the baby is the, the savior of the world. And it's God's son, is it, is it Mary's son or Joseph's son? Is it God's son? And everything that the shepherds were saying, the star and the long journey and the, the angels that came and told the message, it, it forces people to scratch their head and to wonder. Now, I don't know if some of these onlookers actually went to go see Jesus or not and figure out what it's all about, but it, it, it shows us that there, there were some people that heard the message, and, and that's the next step. That's what happens. If you would be willing to invite someone, then their next step could be to begin to scratch their head and say, what if what they're talking about is true? What if this baby is the savior of the world? What if all these songs that they're singing and the people that are worshiping and opening up their Bible and making it a priority and giving and serving and living a selfless life, what happens if all of that's legit? What does that mean for me? That's where the onlookers were. People began to scratch their head and it's like, well, if what they say is true, then, then that matters. That's significant. That, that could change my life in some significant way. And they just began to, 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 to ponder it and to think about what if what they're saying is true? What if that really is the son of God? What if a savior has been born? What if there was a possibility that God loved me so much that he would send his son Jesus in the world to forgive me of my sins because God wants a relationship with me? What if that's true? And it forces people to wrestle with the truth and the message of what Christmas is all about. And all of that could start just with a simple invitation, an invitation to a service, an invitation to watch on, online. I don't, know, I don't know what that looks like uh, for, for us. But the onlookers were, were definitely curious. If you're new to the church or Christianity, man, I'm so glad you're here today. That's my challenge for you. Just for a moment, to consider what if what that guy is talking about is real? What if it's true? What if all those songs and the lyrics that I was reading on the screen, what if that really happened? And what does that mean for, for my life? Wondering is a great place to start. If you're wondering today, I'm so glad you're here. I pray that you would hang out because something interesting happens next. It's the next step after you get invited and after you begin to, to wonder if this is legit or not, or if this is real and whether or not it can impact you. We see the third person in the story that had another response, a different response to the invitation. In, in verse 19, it says, but Mary treasured up all of these things 
pondering them in their heart. The shepherds invited, the onlookers wondered, and third, Mary treasured. Mary, Mary treasured up all of these things. She stored up all that had been revealed to her. Now, so think about the scene. These angels come and tell the shepherds that there's a savior that's been born. These shepherds run to go and see Mary and they show up and you're just like, you're not gonna believe this. Thousands of angels were singing this song in the field. We left the sheep there. We've come to see you. They told us it was the savior of the world. They told us it was Jesus. They told us it would be you and Joseph and the star in the barn. This is wild, man. You don't understand how long it took us to get here just to be able to see you in the journey that we've been. And Mary begins to ponder these things. She treasures them and begins to think about them. Now, when you, when you look at that word treasure and ponder, there's a, a, an analogy that we can get from it. Uh, the scholars tell us that Mary, here's what she began to do. Mary began to put the pieces of the puzzle together. That's what she did. Everything that Mary had been told, everything that she had done, everything that she had been through, everything that was happening around her, she began to think, all right, wait, wait a minute. This piece fits with this piece and, 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 and then that connects to what the angel said and then this connects to... My, my cousin Elizabeth and John the Baptist and all of it begins to put together and see Mary began to realize something. God has a big picture with a lot of different pieces in her life that he's beginning to put together and she begins to see it. And maybe that's the next step for you. After the wondering, you get to the point where you're just like, maybe this is the plan and the purpose that God has for my life. Maybe this is how it all gets put together. M maybe the Savior comes to forgive people of their sins, and I'm a part of that. And Mary just continued to, to ponder that. And this is how faith is nurtured and mature. If you want to take your next step in your relationship with Jesus, then move from wondering and thinking about it to putting the pieces of the puzzle together. Maybe God does have a plan for my life. Maybe God does have a purpose. Maybe God is doing something. Maybe all of this, the good, the bad, the questions and the concerns, all of it fits together into what he's trying to do in my life. And man, for it to dawn on Mary, that there is a savior that is born to save humanity from their sins. And she is the one holding the baby. When those pieces of the puzzle come together, it was a game changer for she treasured them up and she began to ponder them. It's a great next step. Now, in the book of Luke, uh, we, we, we hear the story of the, the, the first Christmas, but Luke is not the only chapter in the Bible that talks about Jesus's birth. There's actually another story in the book of Matthew. And so I wanna flip over to Matthew chapter two, introduce you to the fourth person, because this is, again, after Mary, this is another next step that we can take in, in, in our relationship with God as a result of this invitation to be a part of Jesus's birth. In Matthew chapter two, verse one, it says, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. The wise men worshiped. Wise men worshiped. The fourth person that came into the party, given an invitation, the wise men worshiped him. They worshiped at Jesus's birth. They saw a star. They determined that it signified something incredible that they were gonna be a part of. And listen to what they did. They traveled from a long way away and brought gifts to celebrate Jesus. This is a good reminder for us 
that you can still enjoy all of the stuff with the holidays. You can still travel with family and friends. You can still eat good meals. You can still even give presents. But the wise men said, did you know you can do all of these things and keep Jesus at the center? Celebrate, do the stockings, do the candy canes, do the milk and cookies, like do whatever you want to do. You can do all of that and still recognize that Jesus is the reason for the season. That Jesus is at the center of all of it. Enjoy the family and the food and the fun and keep Jesus in the middle. That's what the wise men did. They traveled, uh, they brought gifts, but they said, hey, out of all of this stuff, I don't want you to get mixed up. This is the reason why we're here. This is why it matters. Jesus is in the middle of it. Unfortunately, the last two people that we look at had uh, negative responses when they heard about a savior being born. Uh, the first one happens in the very next verse of Matthew. It says, when Herod, King Herod, the, the, the king heard this, he was troubled and all of Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. The current king got news that there was a new king being born and he knew his wife wasn't pregnant. So what Herod did was he panicked. Herod hit the panic button in his life. And here's what it was. What God had in store did not line up with Herod's plans. Herod did not plan on giving up his power, giving up his authority. Herod did not plan any of this. So the question for you and I is this, what happens when God's plan for your life does not line up with your plans for your life? Will you do like the wise men did? and worship anyway, just trusting, all right, God, this wasn't my plan, but you've got something special planned. And so I'm going to lean into it wholeheartedly. Or are you going to be like Herod and say, I didn't want this. I didn't plan it. Not now, not this and hit the panic button and say, no, God, I'm not doing this. I'm not accepting this. I'm not embracing it. I'm going to fight against it in the opposite direction. That's what Herod did. And you and I have that opportunity this Christmas as well. The last one might be the most dangerous because if you're a, a church person, uh, if you've been following Jesus for a while now, if, if maybe you would consider yourself a spiritual or religious person, then that's the last character that we read in the story. There were some church people that found out about the birth of Jesus, some religious Jews that had been working for the church from a long time. And in verse six, here's what they said. King Herod came up to these scribes. They came up to these priests and asked him if they knew anything about this new baby being born. And they told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for it is written by the prophet, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will be a shepherd for my people, Israel. Last thing, this is dangerous, man, for people in the church, especially if this is not your first Christmas in church. The last people did this. Number six, the priests ignored it. They just ignored it. Herod came up to the priests and said, y'all know something about a baby being born? Y'all know what this Christmas thing is all about? You know what this is for? And what these religious people did is essentially they Googled it. <laughs> They're like, yeah, we'll look it up for you. Oh yeah, the Bible says right here, there's gonna be a king born in Bethlehem. Yep, actually shoot, man, Bethlehem's right down the road. Yep, just like, like 10 minute journey right down the road. And the amazing thing is right after they told Herod that, they went right back to doing what they were doing. Jesus had been born and the religious people completely ignored it. It didn't impact their life at all. They kept living as if nothing had happened. And we can get into that at Christmas. 
Man, we can get so caught up in all of the other stuff. And if I asked you, do you know what Christmas is all about? You're like, yep, Jesus, yep, worship, yep, doing the right thing and, and focusing on God and, and singing about God and wise men and angels. And, and all. I can, get, I can tell you all the stories and it never changes anything about your life. You don't talk any different. You don't act any different. You don't spend your time any differently. It doesn't affect your generosity towards others. It doesn't affect anything. You don't invite, you don't worship, you don't talk about it. You don't invite people into the party. Nothing happens. And that's what the religious people did. They acknowledged that Jesus would one day be born in Bethlehem and that he'd be the savior. And then they walked and lived the rest of their life acting like that doesn't matter to me. It doesn't change anything about it. What will your response be this Christmas? So you got a gift, right? Savior of the world was born. What will your response be? And we've got different opportunities that we can respond in in different levels. And so I wanna challenge you on that, man. If you're a follower of Jesus and you know that news, it's time to invite somebody. Uh, Our team, if you follow us on social media, our team put out this interesting article this week, four ways to invite someone to church this Christmas without being a weirdo, okay? So like, that's where I'm at. Like, I don't wanna be a weirdo, all right? So four simple ways. And one of them is, you know, we're we're streaming our Christmas day services. We're having one live campus uh, at the North Campus, one live service. But hey, what would it look like for you on Christmas day just to share the link to the service? Just like post it on Facebook, invite somebody on Instagram. Hey, if you wanna wanna hear a message today, if you wanna sing some Christmas carols, here it is, you can join my church. Simple, small ways that like the shepherds, we can walk down the highways and the hedges of our lives and invite people. You don't have to be a weirdo. All you gotta do is post. You guys post some weird stuff on social media. This will be one of the the least weird things y'all post. Maybe for you, it's wondering. You're like, all right, so I hear this message today. First time I've heard it like that. Uh, Maybe first time I've I've ever considered it. Would you take a next step? And say, hey, I'm gonna come back. Hey, I'm gonna read more. I'm gonna pick up chapter three of Luke today. I'm gonna explore, maybe like Mary, explore what this means and begin to put some of the pieces together. And my hope is that one day you'll realize God does love you, does have a plan and a purpose for your life and it'll lead you to worship like the wise men. So many different opportunities that we have, but I do have something for you. If you are putting yourself in the wandering category, you're not a follower of Jesus, but you're just like, all right, I'd consider it. Okay, possibly, maybe you could talk me into thinking about what this would mean if it were true. I got a resource for you that that I wanna put in your hands before you leave. Um, It's a little four chapter book called The Case for Christmas. It's uh, written by an atheist that was convinced that Jesus was not real and that a bunch of religious people that were telling him about him were crazy. And so uh, he he wrote for a a, a national newspaper and he said, I'm gonna write a piece that finally just debunks this whole Jesus thing. The, the, The kid in the manger, the man on the cross, ridiculous. None of this is real. And he began to research. And in the midst of his research, Jesus changed his life. And he gave his life to Christ, became a Christian and and wrote a a group of books that were national bestsellers. And one of them is this four chapter book called The Case for Christmas. Who was the little kid born in the manger on the first Christmas day? This will take you like 30 minutes to read. It's just four short chapters. And I think some of the things, if you're wondering if this is real and what that means for you, this would be something maybe to consider. So we have a stack of them back at the connection bar. I'd love to put it in your hands this week. So many different ways that we can move forward. But here's what I know. If God 
was telling the story 2,000 years ago and giving the gift that he was giving to them, he's doing the same thing for us. And we've got a gift in front of us with a, a, a variety of options on how we can respond to what Jesus has done. So that's what I wanna ask you today. Just ask God, how do I need to respond? What do I need to do? Do I need to reach out to a family or friend? Do I need to just maybe consider who God is in my life and how that would change and what it would look like to begin a relationship with him? So many different next steps that we can take. I just wanna ask you, whatever your next step is to take today, just take it. And if you need some help with that, one of our team members would love to help you. Fill out one of those red connection cards on the seat back pocket. Drop it in the offering basket as you leave the, the service today. And we'd love to connect with you. So would you just pray with me? I, I'm going to ask God something specific for everyone in the room. I'm just going to ask God that he would let you know what your next step is. And then I'm going to ask God to give you some courage and some boldness to actually take the next step. That when God speaks to you, that you would have the courage to take the next step, whatever he tells you to do. If it's somebody's face or a name that he brings to your mind to invite this week uh, to Christmas Eve or, or, or to church on Sunday, then do it. Uh, share your faith with them, open up. Maybe it's to grab a resource on the way out. Maybe it's to take a bold step and bake a, a Christmas cake, a birthday cake for Jesus so that your family can be focused on what really matters at this time of year. Whatever your next step is, let's, let's take it together. Why don't you pray with me? God, thanks for the Christmas story. Thanks for the people that you invited to be a part of it. Uh, right now, I just want you to make it really clear to us what our next step is. Everybody has a next step to take. So would you just tell us right now? Would you just speak to us through your Holy Spirit and just let us know what, what you want us to do? Somebody's life can be changed. Maybe that starts with an invite. Somebody takes a next step that leads to worship, the realization that you are who you say you are and that there is a God that, that loves us very much, so much so that he sent his son Jesus, not just a baby in a cradle on Christmas, but a man that would die on the cross on Easter. All of that to bring hope to a hopeless world, to bring light into the darkness. God, give us the clarity and the boldness to know what next steps to take with the words that we've just heard. I ask and pray those things in your son Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Revo Podcast. We believe everyone has a next step to take in their relationship with Jesus. If you would like more information on what that means for you, or if you have any questions about today's message, please email us at info at discoverrevo.com.